Heads up, listeners. This episode is part two of my conversation with Jordan Shonda King. In this episode, we're picking up where we left off in part one, so if you haven't listened to part one yet, stop here and go back. You'll thank me later. You're listening to From Passion to Profit, a show about female entrepreneurs who have built their businesses from the ground up and turn their passion into profit. These episodes share their most inner working thoughts, their journey, triumphs, and challenges. Whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, these women have valuable advice and insights to share. If you want to turn your passion into profit, this podcast is for you. So you made that decision, but it took you about six months to then start this business that you now run full time. Mm -hmm. Why did it take you that long? What were the thoughts that were going through your mind at the time? So in addition to the confidence piece, because that that was there, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea. Couldn't figure it out. I could not figure it out. And I, I wasn't just sitting around for six months. I was actually trying things and experimenting with things and thinking about it. I even thought like, maybe I'll just go get a job. I applied for a couple of jobs. I had interviews and I was like, I just can't, I just can't do it. I just, I know that this is not what I'm meant to do. I can't work for somebody. It's terrible. But I, um, you had already left your nine to five at that point. I left my nine to five. I was like, I'm done. But, but, but um, this is COVID. So like things get real mm. weird and wonky. I had, yeah. so in this time frame, I'd gotten married, I'd gotten pregnant and then oh, COVID wow. happened. And then I had a baby. So like, there's a lot of life events compressed into this very, very short time frame, less than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, after I like well, selling the, selling the first business, deciding to, to dissolve this business, all of these things, plus the life events all happened within about a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, so a lot of stuff happened and so I knew that I wanted to do something and I was pretty sure I wanted to do my own thing, start my own business, not go back and get any kind of job. And, um, I guess we can talk about this coaching thing. I just, man, I had, I had a real, I had a real hard time with it. I did not want to be a coach and I also just didn't feel I didn't feel qualified. I'm like, I don't have any like credentials mm-hmm. or like training or certifications to call myself a coach. I don't, I don't want to do that. And so I played around with calling myself a business mentor. I played around with calling myself a business strategist because so much of my experience was in online business. Like almost mm-hmm. all of my experience for the last yeah. eight, seven, eight years had been in online business. And so I knew that I loved it. Um, So I actually started mentoring people and turns out that I didn't like that. (laughs) I was mentoring like new (laughs) business owners because I was like, oh, well, I can do this easily. I know all about like doing like setting up your business and like getting started and all of these things. It just wasn't a fit. And I eventually I had a a friend of mine, uh, like a colleague I had done some work with. She reached out and she was looking for someone to help her come up with the strategy for a freebie 
but then also to help her with the tech because she didn't know. Mm. She's not a tech person. She's like, I don't even know. She's like, I want to make sure that the strategy is there, but then I need someone to actually like build the thing, build the sales page and like write the copy and do all that stuff. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I can do both of those things, strategy and implementation, like easy peasy. That's what I've, what I've done in all of my businesses. Let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And um, that is what we do. <laughs> that is what we do now. That is our business. Jordan's admission of not knowing exactly what to do next after her previous business experiences is relatable for many entrepreneurs. It highlights the often undiscussed phase of uncertainty and experimentation that follows significant business changes or life events. This segment of the podcast resonates with the idea that it's perfectly normal to feel lost at times and that it's okay to explore various options, including the consideration of returning to traditional employment before finding the right path. The willingness to try different things and explore various avenues is a vital trait in the entrepreneurial journey. So rewinding a little bit to when you fell into that awesome situation with your friend and how this business started, it sounded like that's kind of like what a OBM or a VA role would have been, right? In any other typical online business. So from after getting that client, what did the next few business opportunities look like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrestled with this a lot at the beginning of this business because I felt like, I was like, maybe I do want to be an OBM. Maybe that's a thing that I want to do. And so I looked into it and I was like, I just feel like there's something different about what I do that's not actually an OBM. And to me, it always felt like, it was, and maybe this is because of my, now that I think about it, I've never actually thought about it like this, but maybe this is because of my experience in business always being a co-founder. I felt like I was more a partner in in their business. And OBM mm-hmm. to me feels very much like they are, they're your team, they're part of your team and you delegate to them. A COO yeah. feels like they're coming in to actually help you make decisions about what you should do and why you're doing it in your business mm-hmm. and what the vision actually is, like helping you figure that out and then creating the strategy and implementing things and delegating that out to a team. Mm-hmm. It, it felt different, you know? So I ended up settling on calling myself, I actually called myself a contract COO and I don't, I don't call myself that a ton anymore because a lot of what we do with clients now, I'm not actually in that role, but that's the perspective yeah. that I bring. Right. So, so I talk about that mm. because, um, we do have a couple of clients where I am still in that role, like very, very daily conversations. Uh, but for the most part, it has evolved more into a consultant role. Um, I can't remember even what the original question was. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, you're good. Um, So did it take you a few more clients until you realized like how you wanted to approach this business? Yeah, this is, um, this is an interesting story, I think. Um, So I kind of accidentally, very fortunately found, I would say my first three clients. First one friend of mine came to me ended up being a good fit. Right around that same exact time, I saw a post on Facebook in a Facebook group saying, I need help. 
I need strategy, but I also need someone help who can help me get this stuff done. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. She's like, I've got this That's OBM, me. but I don't feel like it's like I'm not getting enough of the strategy from her. I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is just, this was literally like within days of my other friend coming to me. And so I was like, okay. So those became my first two clients. My third client also came from a Facebook group. I saw them post about something needing strategy and, you know, help implementing things. This is just bonkers. So this was all within, I would say, the first month or two. I was doing 100% of it at the very beginning. You needed a a sales page written. Mm -hmm. You needed a sales page designed. You needed all the tech done. I'm the person in there doing it. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, this will work great. I'll run a super lean business. I'll have a very limited amount of clients. I thought I wanted to build the other side of my business all all passive, passive income, like a course, because I had a course that I had brought with me into this mm-hmm. business. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, a couple of clients and then I'm going to have um, this passive side of my business. Well, uh, I was very hands-on. It was very time in- intensive to work with these clients that I had. And then I found out that I was pregnant <laughs> again, <laughs> unexpectedly. So yeah. I had a one-year-old and I was starting this business. I had just made a massive investment, a $20,000 investment in a Facebook ads agency to build out my funnel and all of my ads for my passive stuff and Mm. to get me a couple new clients to really round out the done for you side of what I was doing. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm pregnant. Sweet. This is going to be interesting. Uh, I need a team because I can't do all of this. And, Mm. And that, I don't know what it was. It was something it was almost like it just clicked. I was like, oh, I'm going to build an agency. This isn't like a one-person, one-stop shop thing here. I'm going to do the strategy and the team will do the implementation. So, I mean, I'm kind of fast-forwarding here, but um, we built a team very, very fast. Like within 30 days, had about a dozen people on our team. Oh, wow. How did you find all of those people? Yeah. Um, Referrals. So... Again, I had been in online business for a good amount of time. So I, I mm-hmm. had a lot of like friends and colleagues and peers and mentors. Mm-hmm. So referrals and then referrals from those people that I was referred to and then Facebook groups. So I posted in mm-hmm. several really, really big Facebook groups saying that I was looking for, you know, an account manager, saying that I was looking for a, a VA, a tech VA for with a specific skill set, um, looking for, you know, people who could help with admin or people who could help with um, design, different things like that. So we just, mm-hmm. we just grew very fast. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all at a contractor level at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. kind of like this this was like my secret sauce back in the day that allowed us to, to scale quickly because I knew I needed the team, but then I also didn't know what my, I didn't know what my client load was going to be. I didn't know how much work I needed from people, mm-hmm. it, but I knew that kind of in the midst of this, since I had made that, that big investment in the Facebook ads, we, we had decided actually, um, to start with the done for you funnel. And that's kind of why I picked them because they were like, we're going to build out this book a call funnel to fill your high ticket service. We're going to raise your prices. We're going to fill the couple of spots that you've got. And then we're mm-hmm. going to use that cash to reinvest back into the ads for the passive funnel later. So that I thought was really cool. And it's why I picked them. Um, but I knew I was going to need to have the team 
for when the clients came, but I couldn't pay yeah. the team until I had the client. So I was in this really weird position. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to be honest with people. So everyone that I interviewed and invited to be part of the team, I said, I don't have the clients yet. I've got a couple of clients. Here's my plan. Here's my trajectory. Here's where I'm trying to go. And what I hope, like the work that I hope to have for you in the next three to six months. Are you interested in being part of the team? I will pay you up front for a package of hours, five to 10 hours, but you can't, they can't have an expiration date on them. Mm. And I'll tap into you as soon as I have a new client, you'll be the first to know. And then I'll get you work. And so I was just wow. upfront with everyone and everyone was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. And a lot of those people are still on my team now, like almost two years in. Jordan's exploration of various roles from OBM to COO and eventually settling on a consultant role speaks to the fluid nature of professional identities in the entrepreneurial world. This evolution reflects an adaptive mindset crucial for thriving in dynamic business environments. It also highlights the importance of aligning one's role with personal strengths and business needs, rather than conforming to predefined titles or expectations. I'm getting so emotional hearing this story because I think that's so amazing how everything just, you know, it just like snowballed into one another in its own way. You had to have so much faith in you, your business, and this ads agency to essentially cultivate 12 people, a team of 12 people to be like, in the next three to six months, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was very sure it was going to work. Like I uh, don't get me wrong. Like, again, this is why I have a coach. Cause I have doubts all the time. Like being an entrepreneur, being a business owner is an extreme emotional roller coaster. But when I decided to start this business, I was like, I don't know, 150% sure. Like I was like, I, I know that this is the thing that I meant to do and I know it's going to work. And like, mm. I don't want to wait. And that's why I spent the money because I was like, well, I can do it myself and I know it's just going to take time. and It's going to be slow or I can throw the money at it. And mm -hmm. it'll be faster. And I was like, I would rather just throw the money at it and like, let's go. And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I'm, I'm not going to try anymore. But mm -hmm. I knew I, I was I was extremely confident in the idea. Yeah. How long did it take you to then get those clients or let's say quick. to be booked out? It was, quick. it was quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe a month or two. Oh, wow. We were booked out. Yeah. It was very fast. Yeah. Mm. We had, so we hit our first 50K month um, at our six month mark. Wow. And yeah. this was I, all because of the, or majority through the ads. Ads and referrals is how we get all of our clients. I mean, we don't do 50K months yeah. every month. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Like that, that's a lot of pay in fulls happening that month. But um, that was, that was a serious milestone for us to, to look mm -hmm. and be like, holy smokes, like we're six months in and we just brought 50K in in one month. Like, okay, yeah. we're on the right track. Like this is, this was worth it. Right. So like, that's the fuel that I needed to keep going. Yeah. Also like reminder, I was six months pregnant at this time, you know? <laughs> so, um, yes. yeah, it was intense. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question was you being six months pregnant at one point where you like, all right, I'm going to slow down now a little bit. 
prepare for maternity leave or maybe you didn't. Maybe you just picked up your computer the next day after giving birth. No, no, no. (laughs) No, I took over a month off. It was really awesome. I was really, really fortunate to be able to do that. And again, that was why, that was why looking back, like when we built the big team, it was because I knew I was going to have to take a maternity leave and I knew I wanted to take a maternity leave. I will say though, I was, I was okay with working pretty quickly after I had my son because this was my second kiddo. Right. And my husband, he he makes fun of me because like when I was pregnant, I was putting all this pressure on myself to like, we've got to get everything perfectly like situated and all make sure all the team knows exactly how to do all the things and like troubleshoot. He's like, Jordan, remember when you took your first maternity leave and you were so bored that you started a lifestyle blog? Like it's okay Ugh. if you want to actually work on your business after you have this baby. And so that Aww. really took the pressure off, but I ended up taking a whole month off. It was really cool. Yeah. What was that like setting up all of the systems, getting the team ready? Because it wasn't like you had you had been working with them for a year, two years, right? It was like literally six months into starting the business. Yeah. And all of these clients came in and then you had to leave. Yeah. I think, you know, I was, I was very fortunate. Again, like we have a, we haven't had at that point only one offer really. And it was a very high ticket offer. So we didn't have a ton of clients that we were juggling and all of our clients were amazing. Like they, they were very understanding that, yeah, Jordan's going to take a maternity leave and we're going to get ahead on the planning. Cause again, like I was doing, I was doing the strategy and the planning and then my team was doing the execution. So they're just by the nature of that, if we did the planning at the right time, I was going to be able to step back and not have to be involved as much. So it it just worked out just but because of how we we do what we do and that my clients are very very understanding and that my team is awesome and so it just it was definitely work it was a lot of work and i did mm-hmm. a lot of i don't know if anyone's read um clockwork they talk about taking a four week vacation operation vacation i think is what they call it and mm. i they recommend, I don't know, like 18 months of prep. And I was like, well, I've got like four, so let's figure it out. (laughs) And so I would take like little mini vacations where I would be like, okay, team, I'm not going to be reachable this week. I'm not going to like be on my phone, you know, so like figure it out and document what Mm. the questions and problems were so that when I get back, we can figure out how to like approach those from like a principle based place so that you can make the decisions when I'm not here for a month. You know, so it was a lot of like practice and trial and error and and things like that. And, you know, again, like it's not the world is not going to end even if there is like a big problem when I was gone. Jordan's certainty about her business idea and her willingness to invest significantly in its growth is a powerful statement about entrepreneurial confidence and risk-taking. This reflects a key aspect of entrepreneurship. The belief in one's vision often requires substantial financial and emotional investment. The idea of throwing money at it to accelerate growth is a calculated risk that many entrepreneurs face, and it speaks to the boldness required to succeed in competitive markets. Oh my gosh, I wish I talked to you like three months ago and had this interview three months ago. <laughs> I am I'm taking my first vacation ever. 
uh, not ever. I shouldn't say that. It feels like it's forever. But, you know, both my husband and I are um, workaholics. We got married in 2021. It got pushed back because of the pandemic. But yeah, even in 2021, we didn't take a honeymoon. We have yet to take a honeymoon. We're about to fly together for the first time out of the country in a week and a half. Um, and it's with our friends, so it's not even like our true <laughs> honeymoon. Um, but it's a cruise, and you know, apparently cruises don't do well with Wi-Fi. Apparently, that's like not a thing. And so I'm preparing my team right now, and I had a call with my coach, and I was like freaking out. I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen. This is gonna be the moment that my business burns to the ground. <laughs> and like listening to you do this, I'm like, okay, maybe it's possible. We have yeah. two weeks. <laughs> A week and a half. We'll be okay. You'll be fine. I mean, that's not yeah. even that long. You'll be fine. Right. You'll be fine. Yeah. Nothing will break that will end your business. It, it's not yeah. possible. It's not possible. I wouldn't worry about mm. it. But like to also totally normal to worry about it and freak out at like yes. during the lead up. Totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely reassuring. Um, speaking of businesses breaking. So Eventually, very soon after, you decided you didn't want to build this huge agency with this huge team. What made you decide that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I decided that because I tried it and I figured out that I didn't like it. So we we had a huge team. We still have a huge team. We have like 20 women on our team now. And I was just sure that I wanted to build a really big agency and serve a lot of clients and get myself out of the strategy. I was like, that's the path. That's what I want to do. That's how we're going to scale. That's going to be fun. I love it. And I was positive about that. And so when I got back from maternity leave, we did that. We, we built it. We, we had at some point, I think 20 agency clients, um, which wow. our cap now is five. <laughs> if that tells you anything, five, oh, wow. like, <laughs> our cap now is five, of our, we call it COO and team clients, which is me as mm-hmm. their COO consultant paired with about 30 hours of done for you by my entire team. So mm. it's it's a really robust offer and it takes a lot of people and a lot of energy and effort and coordination to to fulfill that every single month. And we got to, it was a lot, it was a lot of clients um, that summer after I got back from maternity leave, but we had taken me out of the strategy and it just doesn't work like that. Essentially, what happened is we could be, mm. we became like a really overpriced VA agency because they didn't have right. the partnership with me. And that doesn't mean that we weren't able to do good things for those clients, but but it wasn't the it wasn't the secret sauce, and it wasn't the thing that that I felt good about growing. Um, and also, it was a logistical nightmare. Like when you have that many, I I actually had at one point, we have employees now, uh, employees and contractors. And we got to a point where we had seven employees Mm -hmm. last year. And so many things can break. Once you get that many employees, there's a lot of like HR and admin, like that comes along with it that people don't realize and a lot of extra costs. Um, And when you have that many clients and that many team members and you do it that fast, 
it literally felt like there was a fire that I was fighting every single day. And that is like not, mm-hmm. that's not how my business was when I started it. And that's not how it is now. Uh, and it could have been because we grew it, we grew it to that place so quickly, but um, it just felt like there was things that were breaking all of the time and it wasn't any fun. It was not any mm-hmm. fun. And I wanted to get back into the strategy. That was the thing that I wanted to do. I didn't want to be like cleaning up messes. That like, no, that's mm-hmm. not what I want to do on a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> yeah. I was I was wondering about like if you weren't doing the strategy, then what were you doing? Were you just managing the VA team? Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, mm. I was managing our full team. Um, and I shouldn't compare us to a VA agency because it's just so different from what we do. But um I think that's that was our client's perception of it is I'm paying $150 an hour for 10 hours a month. Well, you can't really do much with 10 hours a month. You know, like we can we can write an email sequence and like do a couple of like little admin things here and there. Well, that's probably not Mm -hmm. worth fifteen hundred dollars. You know, you need to be getting something else that's higher level to make that worth it. So it just didn't the, the value didn't match the price and match what I knew we were capable of when we worked as a full team. So, um, yeah, I was doing a lot of hiring. I was doing a lot of like vetting of like, you know, the new, the new people on the team or like figuring out how to streamline things. Honestly, we were trying to just figure out how to get the thing to work and run smoothly a hundred percent of the time. That's like all I was doing was like trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how to make this thing work and how to optimize and how to make sure our clients were being served well. It was a ton of extra effort and energy and time and lots of cash to Mm -hmm. get it to work. And it just, it wasn't working. And I was like, well, I can just make, I can make just as much money and have a smaller team and enjoy it more if I just put myself back into it with the client. So that's what we decided. But of course you couldn't do that with all 20 clients. Nope. So did you wait and you phased out their contract or you ended it early? Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, A mix of both. It depended because Mm -hmm. we also found that we were not attracting ideal fit clients with this new offer. Uh, Because again, like we had our like standard COO and team offer now is $4,500 a month which attracts a very particular type of client when mm-hmm. you rework the whole thing and have a 1500 a month, uh, $1,500 a month offer, you attract totally different types of people. And yeah. so it just, it wasn't working. And so there was a lot of people we did, we had to fire a couple of, a couple of clients, which I talk about, I talk about firing clients all the time. I think it's a really important skill to have mm-hmm. to get used to that. You need to flex that muscle of letting clients go when they're not a good fit because usually they're a a time, energy, effort, mental drain. Um, And it's probably not a good fit for them either. So like we, Mm -hmm. we always quickly act uh, on letting clients go when they need to be let go for the sake of both of us. Uh, But then others, we just waited until their contract ran out and didn't renew. Yeah. Mm. So when was this then? I'm in the last, was it like in the last six months? Last yeah. Yeah. Year so until you so finally... I got back from maternity leave May, June. And then we had this massive spike 
around June, July, August, September. And then we started phasing clients out after that around October, November. Yeah. Did that include also letting go of team members? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. it did. (laughs) Yes. We let go of several team members. We transitioned some of our employees back to contractors, which they were okay with. Uh, Some of them we let go for redundancy uh, because that position was just no longer going to exist. Uh, one, One team member actually, part of what was um i wouldn't say it, it it didn't start the situation but it was like a factor in the decision making is one of our team members put their notice in because they just didn't feel like they were a good fit and it was true it wasn't really a good fit for them and i realized oh my gosh uh that i don't want to i don't want to deal with that over and over and over again you know like it, it mm. that kind of turnover with the amount of clients that we had or like just even just one position turning over with the amount of clients that we had is a is a massive like wrench in things like that can really break things you know so Mm -hmm. that happened and that was part of why we were like okay let's do this differently but yeah we have whittled back to we have three employees now and everyone else is a contractor Jordan's experience of rapidly scaling her business post-maternity leave and then facing operational challenges is a valuable lesson in business growth. It highlights the complexities involved in scaling, especially the transition from a hands-on strategic role to a more managerial position. This shift often requires a re-evaluation of the business model and personal involvement in day-to-day operations. I think that topic isn't talked about online as much as it should be because I remember I was shocked for like three days straight when I found out how much I would have to pay for just one employee. I was like, is this even worth it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. It's totally worth it because, you know, with with an agency in the way that you want to scale it and to have it be like the stream agency, you have to have people who's like 100% in, yep. nine to five inside your business. But it's like, it's this massive expense, 100%. And then, like you said, turning it over, having people leave, coming in, training that person, all these different things. It's like so many things can just break overnight just because of that one decision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, hiring employees is not a decision to take lightly. For us, we had to because our business model relies on a couple of really core people that have to be available all the time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they have to be, they have to be employees um, Mm -hmm. because treating them, treating them the way that we, this sounds bad, but like um, I'm not saying treating them bad. I'm just saying treating them with the expectation of being Mm -hmm. employees in terms of like response time and when they're available is illegal to do if they're not employees, you know? Right. And I don't think a lot of people know that either. I think that they think like as contractors, you can demand um, timelines and deadlines and all these different things. But it's like, yeah, it's not at all actually illegal. And you can get in a lot of trouble with that long term for sure. So um, you scaled back to about five clients. You have this like kind of new business model that just feels more aligned you mentioned that you had this or you have this mastermind now. Mm-hmm. When did you um, launch that mastermind or had the idea in the first place? Yeah. So <laughs> this actually goes way back. One clarification, 
We have scaled back our capacity on the COO and team side to five clients, but that's separate mm. from our mastermind. So with right. that, the mastermind is our scalable offer um, that mm. we have now. And that's, that's a different thing. So we have about, yeah. I would say between 15 and 20 clients usually at any given time, but not on that, mm -hmm. not on that full done for you option. Okay. Yeah. So the mastermind, I first... I knew I wanted to do a mastermind. I didn't know exactly how. And the first time that I decided to launch it, I wrote the sales page, I did all the things. It was, this was over a year ago. So this would have been, um, this would have been December 21. So this was like our fifth or sixth month in business, right? We haven't done our big 50K month yet. I was like, we're going to do this mastermind. I'm going to launch it. I was pregnant. Uh, I put it out there. I had one person sign up and then like within the next few days, I was like, I don't actually want to sell this thing. I don't want to do this. What was I thinking? I'm going to be on maternity leave in the middle of this thing. Like what the hell was I thinking? And yeah. so I actually canceled it. I canceled it. I gave them the girl her money back and I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I canceled it. And it, it then presented itself to me again. And I was like, okay, I am going to do it. I'm going to do it differently. And so we actually integrated done for you services into the mastermind. And that mm. felt really cool and different and interesting to me. And like it was, you know, just taking what we do and what's so unique about how we work with our clients, but putting it into this more accessible format and adding mm -hmm. on the group support. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. So I'm glad I didn't go through with it the first time because it wasn't in the same, it wasn't the same thing. So yeah, we relaunched it and I actually launched it in like I pre-launched it in March when I was still pregnant, but for a June start. So I was like, when I get back from maternity mm. leave, we'll start in June. So I pre-sold some spots and then I did this really, really, really long extended launch over like several months and just telling people we're going to start oh, in wow. June. And so we had, it was either six or seven women. I think it was seven women kicked off that first cohort of the mastermind in June. Wow. That's a really good turnout for a first mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. Two questions. One is what does that look like with a done for you component? Um, like you mentioned, but also how were you able to sign seven clients into the mastermind mm. going from like a, you know, almost total done for you agency, uh, model to then offering essentially a coaching program? I think I think honestly, and I, I talk about this a lot, like we have been, I feel really fortunate in that sales and getting clients and retaining clients, that whole side of entrepreneurship isn't a problem for us. And, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that to be like, we just have it all figured out. I, I think there are some things that we have figured out and I know what it's like to run a business that's not like that. And I wish that was the case for everyone that like this part of the business was just easy and I know that it's not, but for us, it has always been easy. And I think it's it's partly because what we do is so unique. It's so different. Like I say all the time, like this is the only mastermind that combines effective strategy with done for you execution by an agency team. I guess I don't technically know if that's like totally 100% true, but I feel like 
that is yeah. true. Like I've yeah. never seen anyone. I've never heard of anyone doing anything remotely like what we do inside of our mastermind. And same mm-hmm. thing with our done for you agency offer. And that makes it so easy to sell because I don't have to convince people and it's very tangible. You don't have to, you don't have to explain like, well, this is the value that I can bring to you with my coaching. Like, well, no, I'm going to do, can I say shit? Can I, can I curse? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to do the shit for you. I'm not going to like, just Mm -hmm. tell you, here's a great idea for you. I'm actually going to do it. Like our team is going to do it for you. And that is, it just makes it really easy to sell because I I don't have to sell. I just explain Mm -hmm. it to people and then they want to buy it because it's a no brainer. And that Mm -hmm. is partly why I knew after my first two businesses that I wanted to start a business that felt easy for me to sell, like things that felt easy for me to sell that I, that I was like a hundred percent confident in could help people. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important thing for people to, to, to figure out with their business, because if you don't feel a hundred percent bought into your own stuff, that's what makes it hard to sell because you are having to sell people versus just explain to them what you do, you know? Um, So I think that's why it's been easy is because it just, because it is so different. So we don't have to compete with a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I've never seen anything like that in the industry. So tell us more then about that program. What makes it so unique? All the details of the the features of it. Yeah. And it's evolved. So, I mean, even just obviously the, the first iteration that we canceled was totally different. But even since we launched that first cohort, um, it has changed. The price has changed. The, the, like the structure of it has changed. The name has changed. All kinds of things have changed about it. And I'm a big fan of that too. Like anyone listening, like you, you, yeah, you have to, you have to experiment with your business and like be willing to change and adapt things. And I think that's part of why we've been able to grow so fast is because we'll try something for a few weeks and then get the data and then change our mind or, or adjust what we're doing, or we just experiment a lot. So the way that it looks now is you get traditional, it's a six month program, six month contract. Most people stay in past six months and it's, it's meant to be that way. It's meant to be an ongoing support thing that you have, but six month contract it's traditional mastermind format in that we do six or three, we do three group calls per month and we do a pod structure. So there's never more than about five people per pod. So if we've got 30 people, Mm -hmm. we would have six pods. Um, We have 10 people in there now. So we have two different pods and I try to kind of split people up into like a service provider pod and then more of like a coach Mm -hmm. pod so that they are working on a lot of the same things and dealing with a lot of the same um, issues and questions. But Mm -hmm. we have three calls per month. So almost weekly we get together as the pod and we do strategy with me and then they get, um, they get one-on-one quarterly planning with me. So it's kind of a hybrid program too, in that they are getting one-on-one time. So I'm actually sitting down with them for a quarterly planning intensive for like one and a half to two hours where we map Mm -hmm. out the entire plan for their upcoming quarter in detail. Not like, oh great. Like, when do you think you're going to launch? Like, no, exactly. What are we going to do? How many emails do we need to write? Like how, like we get into the Mm -hmm. weeds and that becomes the plan that we hand over to my team to refine and then put into ClickUp. And then we delegate that out to my team to actually do the stuff for them. And so in addition to that, they get 
five hours of implementation per month by my team and they Mm -hmm. can tap into anyone on my team for their five hours. And Mm -hmm. then um, they can always buy more hours. So a lot of our clients will get into their mastermind and they'll have their five hours, but then they'll, they'll see, okay, well, we're going to build out this huge freebie funnel and we give them time estimates on exactly how long everything takes in their quarterly plan. And we say, you can do it or we can do it. It's totally up to you. Here's the things Mm -hmm. that we can do in the five hours and then you can do the rest. Or if they want to have us do it, they can get extra hours and we can build the whole thing for them. So they, they know going into it, like how long things will take and they can decide what they want to do. Yeah. That is so cool. That's amazing. So who's the target audience then for that specific program? Because it's definitely different in the capacity and the tier with the entrepreneurs who are in like the done for you business strategy agency side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the agency side, usually those folks are doing you know, 350 plus, I would say, like to comfortably invest in us, they need to be doing over 350K. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people come to us and they're, they maybe have like multiple arms to their business. So they might have a million dollar business, but they're wanting to grow something new or they're wanting to stack on something Mm -hmm. additional. So um, definitely a higher revenue threshold for the done for you side, just because like for me to feel confident in our relationship, I don't like people to to get in uncomfortable situations with money. Like I don't, that's why like I talk a lot about, I don't, I don't handle people's objections on sales calls because I'm not going to convince you to do Mm. anything. That's, that's like actually not a good decision for you. I'm going to give you the information and you could decide if it's a good fit and you're comfortable Mm -hmm. with it because you have to be comfortable spending that amount of money. Um, yeah, especially for what we do, because it's meant to be an ongoing service, not like, Oh, I'm going to build this $10,000 thing for you. And then you go away, figure it out. Like, I'm your partner ongoing, right? So it needs to actually Mm -hmm. work for you. So for the mastermind, the price point is closer to like $1,500 a month. So that that actually can be comfortable for a a, a wider range of people, even people who are just getting started. Like I paid, I think $1,000 a month for my first business mastermind before I was even making money, you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, we get some folks on the newer side and even some folks who are like brand, brand new, they've got their idea and they're like, I just want to build this right, right off the bat, Mm -hmm. all the way up to some of our clients are making about $300,000 who are in that mastermind. Wow. This is such an amazing model and I'm excited to see, um, I'm excited to see people's responses as I hear about this. So what does that look like going forward then? Is this like kind of your sweet spot and you're just like, this is how we're going to be rolling for the next few years or is there like another business idea or venture Mm -hmm. that you're wanting to start? Oh yeah. Um, So to me, the mastermind is where the majority of like this business is, well, two places actually. And I, I love to diversify. So not just in revenue, but like I like to diversify how we, how we do our marketing and all of those things, which again, like makes it feel easy because people can come from a, from a ton of different places, but diversifying our strategy to scale and really focusing on two things. One is the mastermind because we have 10 women in there right now that offers not even a year old. So like there's a lot of potential to grow that. And then, and, but we, we don't want to do it too fast. Right. So we open up like one new cohort every time we launch. And that is like the plan that we have mm. to make that, 
to, to make sure that we have the team capacity to really right. serve at a high level, the people coming in there. So that offer will continue to scale. And then on the mm. COO and team side, our strategy to scale that is actually to start integrating a revenue share model into what we do. Because again, I am yeah. like deeply, deeply invested and have very limited capacity on what I can do on the one-on-one high amount of done for you per month. And so the mm-hmm. only way to make that work, and this is just like kind of a recent thing that we figured out, is to make that a revenue share um, yeah. model for that offer. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking about that exact same thing for you as you were sharing your story the past hour about, you know, talking about how you're like essentially their partner, you're helping them grow and build their business. And I love the revenue sharing model, especially when you're so deep into their business or strategy and their results. And I did not know that was coming, but I'm so, so glad funny. it is <laughs> yeah. because it makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. it totally makes sense. Yeah. I had never even, I honestly didn't even know this was a thing until like maybe six months ago. And mm-hmm. it's kind of just like kept coming up randomly and then maybe like a month ago one of my clients on the CO and team side was like have you ever considered this she was she was thinking about it for herself and she was like but if you decide to do that sign me up I would be very interested and I was like oh that's crazy I should just do that then somebody wants it let's do it um yeah so yeah I think it's, it's gonna be really interesting to stack that on I'm excited that's exciting I, I mentioned that it's an emotional roller coaster and I don't want to I don't want to like gloss over that. I think that's a really important thing for people to know, to like deeply know is how tough this is. And 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 that's mm-hmm. even like you know, I, I've done this many times and I, I think that this is by far my most successful, my most aligned, my easiest business that I've ever had. But it's it's almost just as hard, and, and it, that's crazy to even think about. That you know, we did um, for like context, we did um, a little over 300k in our first full year, our first calendar year in business, which is kind of like I'm mm-hmm. I'm now learning and being told that that's like kind of a crazy trajectory for like a new oh, business yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't actually feel like that. It feels. I still feel all of the same emotional things like the doubt and the like, is this working? And like, is this going to work? Mm. And like, am I a failure? And like, am I actually like qualified to do like all of those same things that I felt in every single one of my other businesses? It doesn't matter really how much money you're making. (laughs) It just, this thing is hard. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I think that's so important to touch on because I think people, I think people get really successful and then they they make it seem like it's just so easy and once you're successful it becomes easier once you're making a certain amount of money it becomes easier and it's just not the case I feel like as we grow and we scale and we become more successful and we get more clients like we're just presented with new unique challenges and new problems all the time and Mm -hmm. um yeah that uh, that at least has been my experience As we wrap up today's episode, let's take a moment to reflect on the incredible journey we've explored with Jordan. From her initial foray into entrepreneurship, navigating personal life changes, to the evolution and scaling of a business, 
Today's conversation has been a deep dive into the world of entrepreneurial agility and adaptability. One of the most compelling aspects of today's discussion was the concept of letting go. Whether it's clients that don't align with your business model or team members that aren't the right fit. This practice, though challenging, is essential for maintaining a healthy business environment and ensuring sustainable growth. Jordan's journey is a testament to the power of resilience, strategic thinking, and the courage to continually adapt and reinvent oneself in the dynamic landscape of entrepreneurship. Whether you're just starting out or are a seasoned business owner, there's a wealth of wisdom to take away from today's episode. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey. Until next time, keep innovating, keep growing, and remember, the path to success is not a straight line, but a winding road filled with learning and growth opportunities. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We couldn't have done it without the hard work and dedication of our amazing team. A special thanks to Kimberly and Brandon for their incredible scripting and quality checking skills. Andrew for his exceptional audio design and Addie for our outstanding graphics and marketing support. And of course, a huge thanks to our guests for sharing their passion and story with us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for an exclusive blog interview with our guest, as well as links to support them and their business. And don't forget to leave a review and share this podcast on your social media stories. We appreciate your support and can't wait to bring you more great content in the future. Thanks again for listening.